It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Wednesday. And coming up in the next hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. And uh, they'll be midweek with the mayor, which means he'll be taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. That's the number to call in throughout the course of the program. But you can also use App Chat on the WBSM app if that is easier for you. And uh, I love the fact that we can have folks texting us from wherever they may be, no matter what they're doing. You know, as we say in the in, in some of the uh, the stuff that you hear on the program, we know that you're at work and you can't necessarily call in, but maybe you can text in while you're listening, and that's why we have the app chat option. And we can either respond back to you on the air or we can respond back to you with another text, which uh, Johnny OneNote had sent a text and sent an app chat message on Saturday, and I replied back to him Saturday night. So, Johnny, if you were sleeping... At, uh, at 10 or 11 o'clock when I replied, I apologize about that. I had come in for Spooky South Coast and saw your message and said, oh, let me answer his question. But that's that's the great thing about it is you can reach us, you know, any time of day. It doesn't just have to be while we're on the air. So we were talking about the, the in, in, in the first hour, we were talking about the bus service ending, the DATCO bus service from New Bedford to Boston ending, and the gap of about eight months or so before the train service from New Bedford to Boston will begin and what happens in those eight months and also what does it say for the future of that train service if the bus company feels that the bus is no longer viable now I suppose there is a difference the people who are riding on the bus are still prone to have to sit in traffic they're still prone to to have to take as long as it takes in a car to get there uh, this, the, the train can be a little bit faster, although it won't be faster. It's going to be about a 90 minute ride. And that's assuming all the, all the stops go well between New Bedford and Boston. New Bedford and your final destination of, uh, what, uh, South Station. So that's understandable that people would say, maybe I'd rather ride the train because it's a little bit more direct and doesn't have to deal with the road traffic. I think both give you the chance to do other things while you're en route to Boston. Obviously, with the train, at least the last time I rode a, a bus, uh, it was a DATCO bus. I rode it from Wareham to, to Boston, but it had like a tray table, I think, you know, like in the seat kind of, if I remember right. I might be thinking of a different bus that I was on when I, when I took a a different bus. But there was at least a little something to be able to like put your laptop down and, and be able to do a little bit of work. But it's not like the, the train you can plug in. They have, they have charging for your phone. The seats are more, you know, you have a little bit more elbow room. So uh, you can get more done, I think, on the train than you can on the bus. And I think that'll be attractive to, for people. But the other part of it, too, is it's not going to cost you $22 either. 
I don't know what the commuter rail rate is off the top of my head. I can look it up, but it's not going to cost you as much as it costs you. I mean, I used to sell the, the bus tickets at the diner when I worked there, and, and people would come in and buy their 30-day passes. And I remember when I first started and I was selling those, I think it was $59 for a 30-day pass. When I first started selling those tickets in, I don't know, 94, 95. And we sold a ton of them. The parking lot every day, the, the side lot that we had for bus passengers was full every day. We used to have to go outside before the bus came and make sure that none of the bus people parked in regular diner parking. I had to create a letter on, on the, the boss's computer that we would put under people's windshield wiper if they parked somewhere they weren't supposed to, warning them the next time they'd be towed. Like that's how intense it was and how many bus passengers there were. And throughout the 2000s, that dwindled. In the 17 years that I was there, it dwindled to the point where the lot wasn't even half full. And it was no longer $59 anymore to take that, that trip to Boston. Now, in those days, too, it was it was bonanza. But still, it, it, it did not... As the prices went up, the ridership went down. And if you're talking, what was it, 20 trips... Was it was a monthly pass at twenty two dollars a trip? So let's just say they knock it down to fifteen. You know, you're looking at three hundred bucks a month compared to what used to be sixty bucks a month. So I, I understand why ridership might be down, and and that's not that's not to fault the bus company. They had to adjust the prices as time went on. Those buses eat a lot of gas. They need a lot of maintenance. It's it's not like, and I still, to this day, I still feel like airlines overcharge just because they can. I don't think it, it, it costs the airline nearly as much as they make it out to, to, to be. But I don't think bus companies were doing that. I don't think bus companies were gouging prices. I think they were just trying to make sure they could keep on going. And the problem is, is people just didn't want to pay what that price was. They said, I'd rather just drive in. Or I'd rather take a train. So we'll see what that turns into. But for now, I think you're, you're, you're justified to say, well, if the bus service can't be sustainable, how will the train be sustainable? Because those are questions that will only be answered in time. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, we can also talk about, there's there's a city council meeting tomorrow and there's a few items on the agenda that I want to talk about with the mayor when he comes in. One of which is the the Zaitarian looking for a 30-year lease. And it, it seems like from what I can gather from reading the agenda, and we can talk more with the mayor about this, that the uh, in committee, the council has uh, voted to take no action on this in the general council meeting and that they want to put it out as a request for proposals. Which I think is is interesting that they're saying, oh, we don't want to just give you a 30-year lease. Even though you've been spearheading this movement for all of these improvements, we want to see if there's other companies that might want to come in and run things. 
So we'll find out more about that as well. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hey, good morning, Tim. How's it going? Not bad. Um, I used to ride the bus, you know, uh, on a semi-regular basis. It was a great way to get up to uh, South Station and then on to the airport. Uh, I did know some folks that used to commute daily uh, that used to work downtown Boston. That There's one thing, and I used to work public transportation in Boston. There's one thing about trying to run a regularly scheduled, you know, reliable service, rain or shine with fluctuating ridership. It can't be done uh, commercially. It has to have a public subsidy, as it was just proven. Um, you know, you might get a niche, but it's, you can't do it, you know, um, you know, year round on a regular basis. The, the ridership is just too uh, fluctuating. Yeah, and I, so uh, so the result is you need you have to have a public subsidy to have reliable public transportation, even if it's run, you know, in part by a private company. And and is that something that you think is worth putting you know public money into? If the bus company is telling you we don't we don't have the ridership there. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to. So, in other words, if you look at what the subsidy that we're going to pay for South Coast Rail that we haven't had and we still don't have, if you look at the investment that was going that has gone into that, if instead we put it out to bid for you know the various stops and express and different routes for bus service, we could have for that money we. We could have had uh, private contractors bid, you know, for five-year contracts to provide the service with state-of-the-art buses. They could be uh, natural gas-powered. That would be, you know, clean. Uh, They could be luxury. And for the amount of money, we could have made it free and run it for the next 30 years. If you do the math on what... uh, a company like DATCO would have needed uh, for a subsidy, assuming they were collecting fares. If you took away the fares, how much would it cost you to make it free to the rider? And so that, I'm just just put things in perspective. The South Coast mm-hmm. Rail was a very expensive project. So, you know, the rail enthusiasts, most of whom don't ride rail, you know, finally won the political battle to get South Coast Rail. But Fiscally, it really didn't make sense. Well, I do think there definitely was some aspect of so many people said for so many years that it wasn't going to happen, that there was like, we got to make this happen just to prove people wrong. And it wasn't necessarily about whether or not it would actually be utilized. It was more about just delivering on on a 30-year promise. Yeah. It's funny how public money gets spent that way. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a terrible shame because that was a very reliable service. Uh, you know, I think it should have been encouraged uh, at least up at, uh, well, we'll see. You know, it's, it is what it is. Maybe somebody will come in. Maybe there will be a, a subsidy and maybe uh, DATCO will put a bid in and uh, and make utilization. They certainly are in a good service. Well, do you do you think do you think that if the electric Stoughton route was was put into play, what was going to be the phase two, which may or may not happen? Do you think the phase two would make a difference and and something that would cut that ride down in half? Well, yeah, sure. You if you have a uh, a reliable 
service. People will, will use it, you know, as long as the price is right. But but it's a huge public subsidy to make that happen, mm-hmm. even on a daily operating basis. Not not let alone the uh, initial uh, investment for the uh, you know for the infrastructure and the improvements to the rail. I mean, it's an ongoing expensive thing. Look at the MBTA, right? Those those tracks have been in forever. <laughs> and that's a that's a money loser. But it, it does provide a, I mean, that's a, that's a boondoggle. <laughs> but that does provide, you know, semi-reliable service. I guess if you're a T-rider, you might disagree with it being reliable. But that's just the nature of public transportation. Very hard for a private company to provide year-round daily service and, and make any money at it. I, I honestly wish that um, there had been more effort put into the, I don't know if you remember the discussion around the Hyperloop which is something that um, Elon Musk had been behind. And uh, uh, Holly McNamara, the former Somerset select woman, was kind of spearheading the, the, the uh, Hyperloop Massachusetts. But that would have been something that would have been built alongside the highway that would have got you from you know, Somerset to Boston in a matter of about 15 minutes. That, uh, that I think, would have been something that would have been viable and interesting for people. And, th- and I think that that would have been utilized but I, I also don't know that the, the the country is ready for the infrastructure that would be needed to put that into place. Just as an aside, do you remember? Uh, I mean, there there are some great ideas that are uh, you know very hard to get to fruition. Do you remember the uh, alternative to the big dig? There used to be cardboard signs up everywhere. No, that's I, I don't know. It's called, it was called it. back back the BB. The BB was the Bay. The Bay Bridge. Well, I want to say it was the Bay Bridge, but what it would be was a, a highway uh, through hull uh, with a tunnel to allow ship traffic, and then it would uh, re- rejoin the land at um, uh, Deer Island and, and Winthrop, and ultimately you would uh, have a bypass around Boston, and that would have, that would have relieved all the traffic. And they claimed for what the big dig cost. I think it was twenty billion and counting that they could have uh, achieved that with you know with a lot of difficulty. It never got any serious consideration, but some the folks that were behind it used to put those signs up all the time. Wow, the BB. I, I didn't. I'd never heard of that. That sounds like it would, certainly would have been interesting. I don't know that I would have wanted to, to to do it. I wouldn't have wanted to travel that great of a distance underwater. Uh, yeah, well, if you ever go down to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, that's a great ride. The uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge mm-hmm. Tunnel is a uh, remarkable uh, achievement, and it's got two places for uh, two tunnels for ship traffic, the north and south. But anyway, so uh, listen, uh, hopefully, um, I would like to see the way they're throwing money around on crazy things, you know, environmental justice. Uh, <laughs> they ought to they ought to provide a, uh, a subsidy so a company like Dadco can continue to provide a reliable service. It, it certainly until any any reliable train services available to um, to supplant that. Anyway, that's that was those are my thoughts. Thanks well, for I appreciate uh, the call. Speak, Tim. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a good day. Take care. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to call in and chime in, and uh, I think it would be you know it, certainly I think you could still create even though the big dig happened. If you've ever been up to Boston around around the time of the the rush hour traffic, it, it didn't really solve the problems it just kind of created different problems and one of the one of the factors with that or one of, one of the, the times that i've realized that is you know there's been times that i've been trying to go up to salem for different things and 
I try to go up, go through Boston around three, four in the afternoon, and it's it's impossible to get to Salem. I've actually started going the other way uh, rather than go through Boston. But if you go if you go through there and you're just trying to get through the city, it's like you're being punished. And and so I think a, a way around the city would have been a very interesting take. But I don't know if there would be an appetite for something like that now, or build one of those bridges like you see, uh, like you see in those uh, articles. Like these are the world's most steepest bridges. Imagine having one of those with uh, with Boston area drivers on it. Oh my God! Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. R in Dartmouth, New Bedford said the bus company said there was only thirty five riders. They can go to Lakeville until the train comes to New Bedford. Right, but not everybody that takes the bus from Boston can get to Lakeville. That's that's the concern, I think. How many of these people are are taking the bus because they can get a local bus in New Bedford from their home to the bus station, and then they can get from the bus station to Boston? So out of those 35, I would guess a lot of them are probably in that situation. So uh, caller, hang on. We will get to you as soon as we come back, but I want to take my first break so I don't fall behind. We'll be back in just a few moments. That's the road to your house That you never call home Where they turned out your lights They will say you'll never know I remember running through the wet grass Falling a step behind Both of us never tired Desperately And welcome back in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app and if you're if you're looking for a place to go for lunch today or maybe going out for dinner what's better than going out for dinner in the middle of the week right breaking up the breaking up the monotony of the week going out and having having that hump day special dinner well head on out to barrels and boards and rain them it's really easy to get to it's right on route 138 it's a short drive from New Bedford. You'll be there in about a half an hour or so. And not only can you get a great meal in the restaurant created by Chef Manny Hernandez and, and his crew. Manny is a New Bedford guy. He grew up working in the kitchens around the city where he is self-taught. Well, not really self-taught. He picked up little bits and pieces from everybody that he worked with over the years. And he's put all that together and combined that all to have a very unique style in the way he prepares his food. So not only are you going to get a great barrels and boards meal in the restaurant, but if you go into the marketplace, which is attached to the restaurant, they're connected by the same kitchen. If you go into the marketplace, you can get some of those great barrels and boards meals to take home, pre-made meals that are available in family size if you need to feed everybody or individually sized if you just need to feed yourself. You can get those right there in the refrigerator. You can also get in the freezer some of their frozen pizzas and all their signature flavors. If you want to try and cook the meals yourself, that's great. They have everything that you need there. They have all the same quality cuts of meat and the seafood and everything that they serve in the restaurant available for sale in the marketplace, along with the artisan sauces that the crew make for all of the great meals that they serve in the restaurant. So you can buy whatever your favorite seasoning is, your favorite sauce. You can buy that all, including that butterscotch sauce that they put, they have you based onto the candied bacon. Yeah, you can get the candied bacon and that sauce right there. They even have a little handy kit so that you can make that bacon appetizer at home 
It's all available right there in the marketplace, along with Montelio's desserts, so that you can treat yourself uh, for for taking the trip up to the marketplace. So again, that's Barrels and Boards on Route 138 in Raynham. Check them out online at barrelsandboardsma.com. Barrels, the letter N, boardsma.com. Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How's it going, Bob? I'm good. It's on your mind. Uh, okay. uh, in 1958, I think I took one of the last trains out of New Bedford. I used to go to school in Boston, and it dropped me off at South Station, and... Uh, I used to walk to the school, which was on um, Washington Street and very close to Dover Street. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not totally familiar. No. Okay. But anyway, um, I used to like the train because I could sleep, I could uh, study, and uh, I could read. I could do whatever I wanted. Now, when we left New Bedford, we left New Bedford with just several people. We got to town. We had a pretty good bunch. And um, by the time we got to Stoughton, we were pretty filled up. And uh, I don't know why they ever stopped it. I, I think what happened is a lot of uh, rich people lived along the, the train um, tracks, and they wanted that land to build beautiful homes. And it kind of killed the train. That's what I think. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of folks talk about what the ridership was like for that, and you know they they've had some numbers. So maybe maybe the particular you know train that you were riding on was was popular while others weren't. But still, I think that uh, you know that's around the same time that they were also taking away people's people's land to build the interstate too, right? Um, the Route Twenty Four only went to Stoughton. So maybe yeah. I mean maybe it was kind of an exchange of of of, of land. We'll we'll take your we'll take land here, but we'll move you over here. I don't know. I just think it's all politics. To be honest with you, right. the, the train station was so beautiful it was something like you'd see out of a. I don't know if I'm using the right one, but like a Norman Rockwell painting or something. Mm-hmm. It was just absolutely gorgeous and old. Oh, it was a couple hundred years old, I think. I mean, if you've ever seen some of those uh, photographs they have of, like, the old New York City subway stations yeah. where they, yeah. they used to have these grand, beautiful stations, and now now they just sit there empty because they, they move the train to a different different level. They're actually underneath those yeah. now. Yeah, you're right. There, do, you ever, do you ever watch PBS, Bob? Yes, I do. There was a great episode of American Experience where they mm-hmm. talked about building the Boston subway. And it was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen to see, like, where how they were digging up the streets. And people people had no idea how this thing was going to work because they'd never seen a subway before. And yeah, I, yeah. I just found it fascinating that people are, you know, people are, are, are consi- convinced then, like, nobody's ever going to ride this thing. Nobody's ever going to want to go underground. But yeah, it, it okay. turned out to be pretty popular. Well, uh, I used to take the, uh, it was called the elevator uh, because of the above ground mm-hmm. at Dover and Washington Street. I take that to Eggleston Square, and Eggleston Square, I'd get a transfer onto a bus, and the bus took me to Mattapan Square, and I walk across the lights there, and I'd hitchhike home most of the time because I didn't have the money for the transfer. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, you know, nowadays uh, pe- people would never be able to do that. You know, you couldn't, no, you couldn't you could hitchhike now. Yeah, nobody would pick no. you up. First of all, nobody would pick you up. Second of all, well, you don't know whose car you're getting into just as much as they don't know who they're letting into their car. You're right. Well, yeah, I would never do it today. That's for sure. Well, uh, hopefully, when the train uh, when the train does come, Bob, you'll take a ride up to Boston just for old times' sake. Sure. All right. Thank maybe, you. maybe we'll do it together. All right. All right. Well, have a good day. Take it easy. 508-996-0500. I'm certainly going to take the ride um, because I want to see what it's like. I don't I don't want to be on the first train necessarily. Uh, I mean, unless they invite the media. If they invite the media and I can go and not have to pay, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that. But I don't necessarily have to be on the first train. Uh, you know, let people get it, get it out of their system that, that want to, you know, do the photo ops and all that kind of thing. I just want to see what that ride is like, and I want to see what it's like uh, for a 90-minute ride. Maybe maybe we can work it out. I, I It would be a big risk uh, signal-wise, but I'm going to talk to my engineer and see if I can't do the show live from the commuter rail. If it's 90 minutes up and back, that's that's pretty much the entire show. Maybe we can work it out so that I can broadcast live from the train. They have Wi-Fi on the trains, right? Right? Right, Frank, you listening? Maybe we can work it out so that we broadcast the show live from the commuter rail as we're going up to Boston, and then I get on the train, come back to New Bedford, and theoretically, we should get the whole show in. I think that would be something that would be fun to try. Uh, right now, the engineer is screaming at the radio, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not relying on MBTA Wi-Fi to broadcast the show. Don't worry, I'll have somebody back here in the studio as a fail-safe, just in case. But I think it'd be a fun thing to try. And uh, and then we can talk to passengers as they're uh, as they're as they're riding. Say, hey, what do you, you know? What do you think about this experience? So, but again, that's a long way off. That's not till December. Although the way this year is flying by, uh, December will be right around the corner. I was thinking about this yesterday morning when. Was it? Yeah, yesterday was the, no, the day before yesterday was the first day of spring. So Monday morning, I was thinking about how quickly the winter passed. It seems like we blinked and we went from December and the, the, the winter solstice to the spring equinox. And, and maybe that's just, you know, the, the way my life has gone. Maybe, maybe you feel differently, feel like it's dragged. But I just, I feel like ever since... You know, maybe like last, beginning of last summer, the time has just flown by. At the end of the summer last year, I was like, where'd the summer go? And then the fall, the fall was a blur to me because, and fall is always a blur to me, which it's my favorite season. It's the time that I want to get out and do stuff. But at the same time, it's also my busiest season because I'm out doing paranormal things. So being out at a library pretty much every night last year, I, you know, I just, I looked up and all of a sudden it was Thanksgiving, but it certainly seems like this, this last few months have have really flown by. Like January was so quick. February, it's, it's, it's two days shorter than, than a regular month, but it still seemed to fly by. And now here it is March 22nd. It seems like it was just March 1st, a moment ago, not, not 22 days ago. 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Yeah, good morning. What's on your mind? I want to call in only because uh, I wish more people would call in that actually do either the bus or the train, what I call shuffle, five days a week. Mm-hmm. It is not, it's not fun. 
at all. It's a long way. It's very expensive. Uh, even if you take the bus or, or if you take the train out of Middleborough, obviously it doesn't drop you at your doorstep or where you're going in the middle of winter. Then you either have to get on the subway to get there, and that still doesn't drop you there. But I, I think this is going to be a complete failure because I just don't see the advantage. I, I know what the intent was, was to get traffic off the street. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to happen because, because it's just you're spending hours and hours a day just traveling. That's all you're doing. I mean, if you're spending that equivalent time stuck in traffic, though, does that does that even out for people? Well, you know, I did it. I did it. Well, you know, when this first came up, people would call in. They'd say, oh, well, my wife and I went to uh, Boston on Saturday. That, that's not, that's not that's apples and oranges. What I'm talking about is get up Monday through Friday all year long and either jump on a bus or jump on a train. It, it's not fun. And, and you're leaving at, you know, at the crack of dawn, and you're lucky if you're getting home before the sun goes down. So I, I just, I, I think it's just a crazy idea. The other thing is, I think with this DATCO bus thing, I think probably what happened there, and I haven't heard anybody say it, but I have to assume that once we got through COVID and everybody was working from home pretty much or, or on a pretty regular basis, that they've continued to do that. Right. So they don't take the bus anymore because, getting back to my point, it's not fun. It's much better. I actually know a company, Alan, I know a company in Boston that's in banking, and what they've done is because they had people down here that worked in Boston and, and complained about the commute and all that, they actually opened like a satellite office in Plymouth. Oh. So now so, so now they're connected to the main office, but they don't have to drive into Boston. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, that's hugely beneficial for companies, too, because you can downsize your space. You don't oh, need absolutely. to have these big, you know, you don't have to rent out the entire floor of the State Street building to, to be able to have an office anymore. Right. They got a computer, they got a desk and a little bit of space, and that's all they need. Now, but anyway, I, I don't, I've never supported the train uh, <laughs> initiative because I just think, I wish more people would call you that do it five days a week all year, whether it's the bus or the train. And, and I think you're going to find out that it, it's not a lot. It's not fun at all. I, you know what? And I would recommend if you if you haven't been, I would be I would, I would tune into South Coast tonight because I bet you they would probably get more people calling from that position just because they're at work right now while I'm on the air. I was just going to say that it's tough for these people. And they're, in, you know, we're talking about people probably in Boston, but you're right. Nighttime when they're home. But I, I would love to hear their side of the story. Uh, most of them, I know, you know, just like when I used to do it, I did it because I was making a lot more money in Boston than I was here in this area. So I kind of took it on the chin. But but again, I'm going to end this. It is not fun. It, it's just not fun to either take the train or the bus. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, anyway, you, thank you for the call. Yeah, Have a thanks, good day. Bye. Yeah. And and I would love for anybody to call in. You know, maybe you are listening at work and maybe you can call in or you can send an app chat message on the WBSM app and and tell me your feelings about that. Uh, we do have a couple of app chat messages over here. Uh, Jeff B. in New Bedford says, haven't heard Better Than Ezra in a minute. Oh, I love I love Better Than Ezra, that and good. Um, I, you know, I don't really know like some of their, their deeper stuff, but I know those two songs that were on the radio quite a bit and uh, they are certainly classics. Uh, Scott New Bedford says, hey, Tim, hope all is well. As far as the busing goes, I'm not sure, but I think the Plymouth-Brockton bus goes to Boston and does stop at the bus terminal, maybe even Peter Pan. If not, maybe one of them can pick up the route. So that's that's a, a possibility, I think, if people still need to utilize that bus service. And granted, 
it's it's probably for a lot of people it's a necessity it's not because they're trying to bypass having to drive it's because they can't drive and, and i'm somebody and i've talked about this before i don't like being without my vehicle i don't like being somewhere where i i can't just get in my car and leave if i if i want to or if i need to when i travel and go to different places i do have a little bit of anxiety about that about not being in control of the situation, not being able to just hop in a car and, and leave, or if something happens, not being able to get home immediately. And I, I blame that on the fact that I spent so many years never traveling. I spent so many years where the furthest I'd ever gone was, you know, New Jersey on vacation or, or Maine on vacation. But as I've started to travel more and doing work in the paranormal and filming TV shows and things like that, and and doing paranormal cruises and all that, I've 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 expanded my travel a little bit, and I'm I'm getting a little bit less anxious about not having control of the situation. But there's there's something to be said about being able to just get to your car and and go if you need to. And I I feel like there's probably some folks who are the same way. There are others who probably like being free of the responsibility of having to get that vehicle, uh, park it somewhere, pay to park find a place to park it, all that, and then be able to, 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 to make it home. So I think it kind of goes both ways in that regard. Let me take another quick call before we got to take a break. You're next on WBSM. Hello. Hi, good morning. The, the previous caller was actually took a little bit of, uh, of the bite of my subject, but he was on target. You have a bus company, Datco, who has records to prove that their ridership has been dwindling for quite some time. Now, they can prove that. So that tells you this, this commuting to Boston by bus or by train. Now, we don't even have the train here yet. The train was is coming based on a plan that was designed 10 years ago, the ridership of 10 years ago. There's never been a survey done anytime recently in the last 10 years to say exactly how much ridership are you going to have commuting from New Bedford to Fall River to Boston. Now, in the same breath, again, you've got this bus company that's saying, hey, we, we're losing clients, and we're down to, I think they said 60-something passengers a day where their ridership was significantly higher. It makes me question, then why are we spending billions and billions of dollars on a train when the bus service itself isn't even surviving? Right, and that's that's the question here: is 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 this a signal that we can already kind of predict how the how the train service is going to go based on on the bus service? I, I think there is some merit to that. Absolutely. And, and I, I just don't understand, you know, I get the idea of well, if there was a need, we would build it. No problem. Got it. But the taxpayers are going to get stuck with this. And the sad part is I don't really see it being used. I originally was told there's going to be three trains a day. And then I heard told, oh, no, there's only going to be two trains a day. Well, how are those trains, honestly, effective if you're only running them twice a day? How is that effective to anybody? Right. It, it seems like it's it's as I said to a previous caller, it's more about delivering on the promise rather than it is uh, a promise that was made 30 years ago when when the climate for this was drastically different uh, compared to, you know, the actual necessity and need for it. Absolutely agree. But, I, I just I think by, that the, by the same token, though, people who are proponents of it will point to it and say, well, we're already paying with taxpayer money. We're already paying for this commuter rail service to happen in other parts of the state. So we should have it here as well. And I agree, but let's, let's do something different. Well, how about instead of spending billions of dollars on a train, 
why doesn't the MBTA bring some buses down here and let's see what's the ridership like? Let's see if there's a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or at least we, we actually the sad part is we actually got that answer. Natco yeah. has just provided us with that answer, and the answer is it can't be supported. All right, I'm going to hold you there just because I'm up against a break, but thank you for the call. Thank you. And uh, by the way, uh, Chris McCarthy sent me a, a text saying he did that commute every day, that he did the commute from the south coast to Boston, both by bus and train, and he said it was a miserable way to live day after day. So, I mean, there you have it from somebody who actually did it. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break. We'll be back in a few. Shaping up to be a beautiful day out there, but you're also probably thinking, hey, it's time to start opening up the windows around your house, right? Letting the fresh spring air into your home and get some of that stuffiness of the winter out. And then you go and you open up the window and you notice, oh, my, the screen is in horrible shape. It's gotten ripped. It's gotten damaged. There's a hole in it. And you want to be able to have those windows open without letting all the bugs in. Well, if you need to have those repaired, you should call Precision Window and Kitchen because not only will they come to your home, remove the screens that need to be fixed, take them back to the shop and fix them. They'll come back and they'll reinstall them correctly to make sure that it's done right so that you don't run the risk of uh, doing further damage after they're repaired. Something that I know that I would do. I'd try to pop it back in place and end up putting my, my hand through it for some reason. No, they take care of that all for you. And they can replace your windows. They can do a single window. They can do the all the windows in your home. They can even do just a pane of glass. Most of the other guys won't even do that. They'll want to replace the entire window. At Precision Window and Kitchen, they'll take care of just that one pane of glass if that's what you want them to do. They can also do big projects like a full bathroom or kitchen remodel and, of course, working on your roof as well. This is a great time to replace a fading roof, springtime. So if you want to get a free quote, all you have to do is go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com and make sure your home is ready for spring with help from Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. Uh, also, a programming note for this evening as we're talking about the buses and the lack of uh, that transportation. Tonight on South Coast Tonight at 7 p.m., they'll have Chris Dempsey on. He's the former Assistant Secretary of Transportation under Deval Patrick, and he'll be addressing this issue with uh, with Marcus and Chris. Let me see if I can take a quick call here before i got to take my final break. You're next on WBSM. I'm sorry, my final break of the hour. You're next on yeah, WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Um, I um, I just take the buses all the time to Boston, like to different hospitals, like for my eyes or something like that, Mass mm-hmm. Eye and And um, I've taken um, DATCO a few times, but I used to take the other ones that used to go up there too. But I love that train in Middleborough. I took that um, a couple of times, and um, they pick up a lot of people on the way too. Yeah, and, train. and I, I do think that there's a lot of people that utilize it uh, more in those areas. But, mm-hmm. you know, what's the ride going to be like from here to there? That's the question. From where? From uh, Middleborough to from, Boston? Yeah, well, from the south coast to where the train is already established. Like, what will be the ridership between here and Middleborough, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. But it, I usually get dropped off there. But um, I don't drive. So I, I um, yeah, and then a lot of people just go up there to visit for a week with a family member or something like that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like both. But I do love a train ride. I, I just love trains in general. Like, so even even commuter rail trains is still fun to ride for me. I love – my plan is someday when I have the time, like the vacation I want to take is going yeah. cross-country by, by rail. Oh, yeah. My brother did that. He went, They went to Florida because he wouldn't fly, mm-hmm. and they took the train. And um, But I um, – I, I want to go. I want to go from this area, you know, probably from Providence at the Amtrak station. Uh, I want to go cross country to the Pacific Northwest. That's that's oh, my that's goal. That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. You get your own little bedroom in there, and you're all set at the bar. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and also, um, what was I was going to say, um, 
Oh, God, I can't even think now. Well, that's all right. I got to take a break anyway. But uh, if you think about it, you can let me know. All right. Have a good day. You as well. And I do do have to take that final break. When we come back, uh, we might have a minute or so before we go to the news. But coming up in the next hour, uh, Mayor Mitchell will be here for the return of Midweek with the Mayor. We've got a lot to talk about with him, so stay tuned for that. But right now, we'll take our final break of the hour. Haven. 